0: What's going on, everyone, and welcome to the Start With Today podcast. At Start With Today, we want our listeners to live their lives according to what Jesus says in Matthew six thirty four. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Focusing on yesterday will bring no benefit, and worrying about things to come will only drive you crazy. So just focus on what God's doing today and watch Him work in your life. I can't wait to share today's episode with you, and I hope you walk away with something. I'm so glad you tuned in. So let's jump into today's episode. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Start With Today podcast. I'm super excited that you decided to join me this week and tune into what I'm going to share, which I'm super excited about. God's given me something that I'm, one, very passionate about, but two, just um, it was clear as day that this is what. I'm supposed to share this week and so I'm excited for you to hear it but before I get into that I just want to say thank you so much for the support last week um, it felt so good to be back and to have an episode like that where I feel like it it helped a lot of people I received a lot of encouragement and feedback that really just reminded me why I do this and it's not to to my own horn or it's not to you know oh I love when people reach out but like to hear what God's done to, like man, like God said this, or this was, this was so true. Thank you for, for sharing it. And so to me that glorifies God. And so I'm just thankful that you guys were able to be encouraged and challenged. And, uh, it means the world to me that I get to do this and that God's given me this opportunity. And so it's awesome that, um, you guys are able to draw closer to him and be encouraged by what he has to say. Um, I was so excited to be able to sit down with Joel and introduce you guys to him. He's been a not only my pastor, but but a friend. And he's just somebody that I, I look up to and I aspire to be like Joel. Just the man he is and and the leader um and and the friend. So he will definitely be back uh sooner than later, already kind of thinking of another conversation that him and I can have and, and I'm excited to to sit down with him again and, and share that with you all. You know, last week we talked about what it looks like to know Jesus in general, but also, and more specifically in our young adult years, our, our 20s and early 30s, and why that can be so impactful. And, you know, I think that as we, as we grow in our faith and as we grow closer to Jesus, that there's different areas of our life that God starts to work on. And for me, especially the last year, that area was prayer. You know, I obviously I know what praying is and, and I've done it before. And you know, I, I prayed in the morning, I prayed when I spent time in the word, I prayed maybe once or twice throughout the day and, and again at night, but prayer wasn't something that I would say I did very well in the sense of it was your typical, dear God, you know, thank you for this. I'm sorry for this. Here's some things that uh, I'd like to ask you for. Amen. You know, I, I didn't, really pray big prayers. I wasn't praying for challenging things. And so I'm excited to talk about what I've learned and what God's shown me and some other people because this episode is here because of some very cool people who listened to me ramble and spew out ideas and just gave me their feedback and and let God speak through them. So I'm very thankful for those people. You know who you are and I'm very appreciative. Um, And so what kind of changed it for me? What got me into prayer was a devotional that I did with my mom and stepdad called Drawing Circles. And it's based off the book circle maker by Mark Batterson. It's all about persistent prayer and what that looks like and what are, what's generational praying. And you know, how does God answer prayers? Well, what do we do when God says no? And it just fired me up. So I did the devotional and then I read the circle maker, which I just finished incredible book. Um, I would definitely check it out. If you're interested in learning more about prayer, it has changed my life and, and my prayer life, obviously. Um, I've started making a, a, a prayer list and I have this huge piece of like arts and crafts, uh, preschool paper that i've written you know prayers on and and things that you know desires of mine and dreams and also some things that i'd like god to challenge me with you know i have different things for my friends and family on there and uh that's been super super impactful for me and super helpful as i continue to just be more more prayerful in my life um and so what i've really learned is what persistency and consistency does In prayer and what it looks like to circle things over and over again What it what it when you're consistent and you continue to ask god for things and believe that he can do it It's incredible what happens And so i've learned to pray big prayers. I've learned to pray challenging prayers I've learned more about praying for friends and family and not just the sense of so-and-so has a cold, you know (laughs) Father heal them and that's that's awesome definitely should do that but what it looks like to pray in agreement with them to circle the same things that they're circling, and to truly believe that God's going to show up in their situation as well. Um, and so prayer has become a significant part of my faith, obviously, but my life as a whole. And I think why that is, is it comes down to three reasons. It's how, you know, prayer is how we communicate with God and share the desires of our hearts with him. It's how we give our worries to him. And it's how we ask him to intervene in situations that are completely out of our control and that we cannot fix and that we cannot uh, control the outcome of. And for me, that's a hard one because I like to control things. I like to plan things. And so that's been a huge area where God's challenges me is, has been challenging me is you know, he's, he's like, Jeff, you know, do you trust me to do this? Give it to me, like truly, truly give the situation to me and pray and pray persistently, pray consistently, but allow me to do my thing. And so that last one's especially been hard for me. And I'm sure other people can relate as well. And so I want to start here because some people, and this is where I was. It was like, okay, well, I pray and I know God hears me, but what happens? And you notice he... Does he start moving things into place? Does does he start answering it right away? Does he? And the answer to that question is yes. In Daniel 9.23, it says, The moment you began praying, a command was given. And now I am here to tell you what it was, for you were very precious to God. Listen carefully so you can understand the meaning of your vision. The moment you began praying. It doesn't say when you said amen. It doesn't say when you finished your thought or finished sharing. It says the moment you began praying, a command was given. When we pray, God hears and he acts. It doesn't say he might. It doesn't say he'll get to it. It says a command was given. He hears us and he acts. And that's a promise. That is in his word. That is a truth that we can rest on. And so when we pray, you know, we always want to pray in accordance with God's will. We want. His plan for our life to come to fruition. And so we want, we want His will. And so what does that will look like? Well, Jeremiah 29, 11, which I'm sure all of you have hanging up somewhere in your house or you've read it. It's one of the most popular verses in the Bible, you know, for I know the plans I have for you declares the Lord plans to prosper you, not to harm you plans to give you hope in a future, you know, His will is going to be done. It's going to be done on His time. And it's also done through our steadfast faith in Him, which is why we pray because we believe that God can do these things. And we pray because God made us this promise. And he's made it many other times throughout the Bible. And I'll go into a couple specifics, or rather, you know, point you to a couple specifics later on. Um, but many times throughout the Bible, he talks about his will and the plan he has for us and, and the promises that he's making to his His followers. And it pro- he promises us in Jeremiah 1 that he watches over his word to perform it. So not only does he promise us in his word, but he says that he watches over his word to make sure that it is done. We and and we can hold these promises as truths in our lives, knowing that God truly has our best interests at heart. And because He has our best interests at heart, and because He desires to know us, you know we're allowed to pray freely and to pray honestly. You know, like I talked about earlier, we we want to pray for things that are in accordance with the will of God and what He what He has in store for us. But there's no way of us knowing 100% about everything being that we pray for being in his will. You know, there's there's obviously certain things that yes, we know this would be in accordance with what God has for us, this wouldn't, but there are some things that you know, whether it's a job or relationship relationship, we're unsure if this specific opportunity or this specific person is what God has in store for us. And so even if we're unsure that the things we want are in accordance with God's will, he still wants our vulnerability and to share these desires with him. Now, we don't want to pray against His will, we don't want to pray for things that we know blatantly go against the heart of God, but if we're unsure, He still wants us to pray for those things and and be vulnerable with Him, and He'll reveal to us, and He'll answer those prayers in accordance with His will, and He'll let us know, hey, you know what, this isn't what I have in store for you, this isn't part of the plan, but it starts with us being vulnerable. And so when we talk about praying in accordance with God's will, I just want to mention one quick thing. It is so important that we pray in accordance with his will and not blatantly against it. But also, like I've talked about, we want to pray big prayers. We want to to ask God to do things that we know only he's capable of. And so sometimes what I found is that I'll, I'll pray for these big things, um, these desires, these dreams, and I'll say, you know, but if it's in your will, Father, and, and that's awesome if I'm saying it genuinely. But sometimes we use it as a built-in cushion and almost, you know, have an excuse that, okay, maybe God can't do this. Maybe this is too big. And so only if it's in your will, God, and we say that as this built-in excuse, and I'm not saying everybody does it, but I think we have to be careful of not believing that God can answer these big prayers because he can. And that's why I think it's so important that we do ask him for these big things because they're totally out of our reach and only he can make them happen. And when we pray and we give our situations and our desires and our worries or dreams to God, all bets are off. It's in His hands. I like to use the analogy of of betting on horse races. Right? I I don't do this personally, but I know enough about it that you know from movies and from people who do that. You know, once you go to the track, you place a bet on a horse. There's nothing you can, can do to to control what happens in that race. It's on the horse. And so when we give a situation to God and we pray for something, we let him have complete control of it. All bets are off. He may say yes. He may answer in an, an unexpected way or a different way than we thought. And sometimes the answer is just a clear as day. No. And that is very hard for us to take. Sometimes sometimes we, we pray for things that we think would be a great fit. We think, oh my gosh, this would be fit. Perfect. Uh, in the plan God has for me, and this would be such a great opportunity, but he says, no. And so when God says no, what are the first thoughts we have? How do we react? You know, for me, a lot of times, and for many others, it's, man, this sucks. This stinks, God. Like, I thought this was great, and this stinks. I really wanted this. And once we get past that disappointment, and I think the closer we are with the Lord, then we start to kind of twist it a little bit. We start to think more biblically. We start to think more through the the lens of how God would view the situation. So, you know, these are questions that I think you should ask yourself. And I, I, you know, I've done this as well. And I some of these um, were given to me by people who I I trust and who I know, know Jesus. And so these are some questions that I think would be really good to reflect on when God says, no, what is my situation being exchanged for? In other words, if, if God had answered this the way I wanted him to, what would I be missing out on? What does he know that I don't? Another one's, what were my intentions? What was I really asking him for? Was what I was praying for going to put me in a position to glorify him or glorify, glorify myself and my flesh? You know, was I praying biblically? A biblical perspective of our prayer can change our circumstance. Am I praying through a biblical lens? And I think that's the one question that summarizes all of this is, if God had answered the way I wanted him to, and if this would have happened, would I have been building the kingdom of God? And A lot of times, the answer to that's no. It's something that we innately, you know, it was selfish and we didn't pray it with selfishness. We didn't mean it in a way that was, oh, this is just what I want, God. I'm disregarding you here. But innately, it was built on something that didn't have God at the foundation. And so God may say no to things. And God's no is a yes to something else that is better down the line. Now, down the line could mean a week, it could mean years, it could mean lifetimes after you're gone. And then you know, somewhere in your kids, kids lives, but no from God is something. Yes. Or is yes to something that is to come. Not maybe not. It could be it is because he's got something much better in store. And how exciting is it to know that God has something even better than what you thought was the best. You may have had this great idea and thought, man, this is perfect. And God's like, no, no, that isn't, but I have something that is. And that's awesome. That's something that we can, we can rest on. And so I asked those questions a few minutes ago about how do we react when God says no. And so now I want to talk about how do we respond? How can we respond? And the, and the action steps that I'm, I'm about to run through uh, were given to me by or, or helped. Uh, they were culminated by myself and, and a group of, of people who, you know, I, I really respect and I mentioned them a little bit ago. So this is not just coming from me. These are other people who know Jesus and have experienced um, what it looks like to see the fruition of his will and so i really would really would pay attention and, and recommend that you apply these um to your own prayer life so you know how do we respond if god says no well one continue to press into jesus use your time to focus on your pursuit of him and the purpose for his purpose for your life his no does not change our purpose or his plan just because he said no to something doesn't mean that okay well all you know everything i i've been working for is off the table it doesn't mean that our purpose has changed and his plan sure as heck hasn't changed. So continue to press in. Continue to work as if God had said yes. You know, one of the lines that Mark Batterson repeats over and over and over again in the Circle Maker is this. It says, work as if it depends on you and pray as if it depends on God. We should be living as if God has answered our prayers or is the minute we pray for something, we should live in expectation. We should be working to be prepared. For when he answers. And even if he says no, that doesn't mean the work stops. We continue to pursue him and continue to work to be prepared for what he has in store. The second thing I want to say is it is okay to express your frustration with God. It doesn't mean you don't trust him anymore. I've been frustrated with God. Sometimes I've been mad at God. And I share that with him. I trust him. I know he has much better, you know, he has he has much better plans for me than what I can think of, and his interests are so pure. And I think of it in in the uh you know, kind of the the visual of my parents, right? There were so many times growing up and even now that my parents sometimes say no to stuff or they're, they're like, I don't know if that's a good idea. And I express like, hey, I disagree with you or I'm frustrated or no. And you know, back in the day probably was mean to them and, and disagreed, but I knew at the end of the day, they had my best interest in mind. And so although I was frustrated and I voiced that to them, I still trusted them and I still love them. God wants us to be vulnerable and real with him. He knows our hearts before we say anything, but to to be vulnerable with him takes our relationship to a whole nother level. And if you, if you think I'm just making this up, go in the Bible, read the stories of David or Job, read the Psalms. These are guys that poured everything out to God emotionally, good and the bad, and God continued to bless them and he continued to hold true to his promises. And I would really recommend you go check those guys out. They are they are living proof of of what it means to be vulnerable vulnerable with God and, and see the fruit that He's promised us. And lastly, hold the truths from Jeremiah one and Jeremiah twenty nine close to your heart. The enemy is going to try and convince you that God has broken those promises, and I'm here to tell you He hasn't. Just because He says no does not mean His plan isn't gonna isn't going to benefit you. It's probably going to benefit. It's going to have a better benefit than what it would have if He'd answered yes. So that's a lie. And, you know, Jeremiah one promises, promises us that God watches over his word to perform it. And the enemies can say, well, he, he hasn't come through yet. Just those little nudges. And that's not true. He's going to, God doesn't say when he doesn't say, okay, you're going to pray. And next week you're going to see this or next year. No, no, no. He says, "I, I will perform over my word. And it's on us to trust him and have the faith to know that he will, when the timing is right. And so if you're sitting there now saying, Jeff, how do I apply these things? How do I pray big prayers? How do I become more vulnerable with God? How do I respond to God saying no? These next few things I'm going to share are just some ways that I think could help start that conversation with God and can help kind of start to shift the way you pray and the way you respond when he is saying no and when he's shutting doors and when you're asking him for those big things. I would encourage you all to spend some time with the Lord this week and be vulnerable with him. And if you already spend quiet time with the Lord every day and you that's part of your, your life, spend a little more time be a little more vulnerable. You know, I mentioned I have this prayer wall hanging up uh, above my bed and there's some things on there that I've written down that are hard for me to talk about. You know, my 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 prides up there and some some you know rep, some things that are uncomf- um, uncomfy for me to talk about. But I believe that vulnerability produces fruit. One, with God, when we're real with him, he honors that. And I think too when we have those different conversations those difficult conversations with people close to us and, and people on earth, I believe he honors that as well because we're being real about what we're struggling with and how God's working in us. So be vulnerable. Where are you at? It's okay to say, man, I'm really struggling with my pride. I am. Mine's written up above my bed. I also have it up there that I, I, I want to represent Jesus better. I don't do a great job all the time of representing Jesus as good as I can, especially in front of my friends who aren't believers. I can do a way better job. Do you think I want to write that up there and and be like, man, I really suck at X, Y, and Z. My flesh doesn't want me to, but I know what God has done when I've been vulnerable with him before. And I believe that seeing that every day and praying over it every day and drawing circles and circles is going to change my life. In fact, I know it will. Be vulnerable with him and your prayer life will change. If there's anything you get from this podcast, if there's anything you've gotten from the past 20 minutes, I want it to be this next sentence. Pray persistently, pray biblically, and pray hard. Pray persistently, pray biblically, and pray hard. And I believe if you, if you do those things, and this is something I'm still growing in, God hears, God acts, and he will provide. He's going to challenge you, he's going to encourage you, but when you do those things, it changes everything. It takes your, your relationship with God to the next level, and it ch- takes your prayer life to the next level. I'm so excited to hear about how God encourages you and challenges you through this. Even just sitting here recording it, I already am just, you know, thinking of, of areas that God's, you know, encouraged me in and, and some different ones that He's challenged me in. And so this is something that too, you know, I'm sitting here and I'm sharing my heart on this and what God's given me to 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 speak about, but I'm still working in this as well. And so I'm excited to have those conversations with people. Um I'm so grateful for the support and to hear how God's moving through this podcast in your life. And I hope to hear from you guys this week. I pray that everybody has a great week, has a great Monday and excited for what God's going to share next week. We'll see you then.